All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Listening to Nasty Knuckles, the Hockey Outlaws Podcast, with your hosts, Terry Nasty Sotomayor and former Philadelphia Flyer Enforcer Riley Cote, as they go behind the scenes with your favorite NHL players. Time to face off. All right, welcome back to Nasty Knuckles. What is happening, Nasty? What's up, Riggs? I, for, before we get started here on this little special edition, I, I want to show you something you've never, I don't know if you've ever seen it. <laughs> it's your men's league jersey. <laughs> I haven't seen the away jersey in a while. Well, I'll tell you what. Where's it been hiding? Yeah, it's been hiding with you. We did win, though, uh, heading to the finals. Just wanted to put that out there. But the boys wanted to make sure you knew about your jurors. I know what the jury is. I know. Right. Well, I'll be making the next game, Nass. Don't, don't oh, you be worrying. Oh, I guess the finals, you want to be there with all the media and stuff there. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, right. I get it. Every team needs a hero, right? That's right. Yeah. That's right. We need uh, you. I'll be there. Don't you worry, man. I have, to, right. I have to rest up. <laughs> yeah. Regenerate. I know you It was you a do. long weekend here I for know. me. I so. know. I hear you. But what else is going on in your world, Nast? Not much, man. Just um, hanging out with you and Debo and Baller. Oh, That's yeah. about it. Went to the Flyboys last night. Got to see Jake Vorchek after Beauty. the game for a little bit. Talked to him. Missed that guy, man. What a guy. What a character. Jeez, um, he's so funny. But, uh, yeah, that's about it, man. Yeah. We're talking about some Flyer stuff. Uh, yeah. We wanted to touch on a few things. And, uh, you know, one being the Yandel situation the other day. Yeah. Thoughts on that? Well, my thoughts are you signed him knowing about his streak. You're 50 points out of a playoff spot. I mean, that's I'm being yeah. facetious, but uh, we're we're out of a shot. Obviously, not going to make the playoffs. Like, let the guy play. Let him get to a thousand, let even though it's going to get broken, probably mm-hmm. by Phil the Thrill. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just think out of respect, the guy's played a long time in the league, not having a great year. Who is? Yeah. Um, to me, you let him play. I, I, it's just my opinion. I kind of, you know, I even I had a few players that used to play here actually message me and be like what are they doing yeah like, why would they do that to him and, and you know we don't we're not in there we don't know exactly what's going on but and he's back in the lineup last night yeah like, just, a- exactly like, let the guy play like he's yep. a great guy great locker room guy the players love him um if you're in a playoff position and you're pushing he probably wouldn't have been in the lineup anyway before now right 
uh, because you know he hasn't played as well as he could. But anyway, that's my take on. Yeah, it. no, I feel I feel the same way. I think it's a respect thing at this point. Eleven games away from a thousand to play a thousand consecutive games is insane. It's yeah, insane. will it get broken? Probably, but I think that's besides the point. Right. Um, again, based on the Flyers' situation. It, it, it's it, there's nothing urgent about scratching him. I understand towards the end of the season you get younger guys to you know play more minutes and you, you squeeze guys in, but I think in that unique situation, like eleven games, and then, then maybe then maybe do if you feel like you have to. But right. like, what's the urgency? You know, to to play Nick Sealer over over Yandel. Right. I mean, what's the urgency there? I'm not sure if I see it. I don't know. I, but I have also been in teams, you know, playing and coaching where that's what happens you know you shake things up and you yeah but again that's a unique situation so close to a thousand it's, he's it's gonna like be the a, first guy to ever do it yeah like let him get that yeah <laughs> so me. i mean um but you know that that being said it is a business he, he he personally i mean just like most of the guys on the team haven't had exactly a, a breakout season yeah. um so you can you know you can argue it's business and you know we're just going to play some younger guys to to get a sense of what they can bring for next year um so yeah Tough, tough situation, but you know, I did when I, when I saw the conversation around that, I was like, God, I mean, yeah. like nine hundred and eighty nine games. He'd like, be the another? first to do it, yeah. right? Like, let him have that, even though, like you said, he's going to get passed probably, yeah. by Phil. But still amazing. But an interesting situation. But uh, you know, so you now he's back in the lineup last night, like you said, and I'm starting from game one. Yeah, you know, <laughs> starting yeah. a new streak. <laughs> new streak. <laughs> One's a streak. Yeah. Uh, moving on, uh, Maroon and Simmer the other day oh. uh, in in, um, Tampa in, in in Tampa. You know, a verbal battle going back and forth uh, on the ice. Then it led to the benches, and then Maroon going back and forth with Simmer on the bench, and then eventually getting ten minute misconducts each. It's, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Like <laughs> you're taking all the emotion out of the game. Yeah, and that's what makes hockey such a great game. Um, we all know it's not like it used to be. Why can't these guys talk shit back and forth? Who cares? It doesn't like it doesn't matter. They're they're trying to pick their teams up. They're trying to like you know do whatever. Right. But just let them be. Yeah. Like, they're not. They're doing something stupid. I get it. Hundred percent. Yeah. And it wasn't like they've been doing it all game I long, know. where like every stoppage they were going back and forth and being a distraction. It was. Right. It was one moment, and it just—it's just—I don't know. I don't love how quickly you throw guys in for ten minutes like that. For we know again, two two tough guys that have right. you know, laid on the line for years, and like actually back it up. They're not just yes. chirping to chirp. That's true. That's so, a great so, point. I mean, I, to me, it's like okay, like these guys aren't just there throwing fluff around, and, right. and actually can back it up and will back it up. So. Um, you know, again, there's a softening of the game I, there, in the, my opinion. Exactly. And, and, like, is the league, like, are they really trying to get it that soft? Because you're going to lose more. I know it's a skilled game these days, and we love it. The, the speed, the skill. But one of the things we're going to talk about proves you need this in a game. And, and I'm not talking about the shit talking, but toughness but those two guys have done it their whole career they weren't doing anything crazy they were just talking to each other you could give them a 10 minute miscon it's embarrassing yeah it's embarrassing it is and again going back to the actually tough guys not just you know two skill guys you know constantly going back and forth and you know um to me it's like you know the, the skill guys probably feel more safe knowing that they're oh, tough guys or you know how many guys have at said each that other right yeah exactly you. yeah i mean when we've had them on the show like. stand up and puff your chest out and that's what it is it's an emotional game and you, you see in certain situation the emotions rise even more and that's what you get so to go throw them in ten, 10 minutes like go give them a warning yeah, sit them down, Enough, and then if boys. you do it again, then maybe maybe even the two and two, but to tens, yeah. like it's just like okay, right. uh, it's just too soft in my opinion. Yeah, hundred percent. Which which leads us to the, the the next little topic we wanted to talk about was uh, the Jay Beagle fight the other day, and um, and just the storyline behind that. If you right. want to run down through this, the storyline is Zegras pokes the goalie. Creates a little bit of a, a swarm. Terry comes over to Jay Beagle. Yes. Because um, Beagle's in there kind of pr protecting his goalie. Right. And uh, turns out to be a fight. And, yep. and and Jay Beagle pounds the shit out of, uh, of is it Chris Terry? Uh, Troy. Troy Terry. Troy Terry, my bad. And, um, and you know, it takes a lot of heat around, yep. you know, the, the situation itself. It doesn't look good, obviously, when a guy's laying on the ice after a fight. Um, 
especially in, in, that, in that type of situation. But your, your thoughts on 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 the overall storyline and how and how that developed? Well, yeah. I, I obviously didn't play the game, but being around it and seeing that, like, first of all, you're up five nothing. Probably embarrassed them with the one goal, mm-hmm. which is no one's fault, man. That's the skill of the game these days. Right. You can't if your guy's mad because guys doing lacrosse, you know, the the Michigan all the time. But anyway, it's five nothing. Comes in, he takes a poke at your goalie. Yeah. What, what do you think's gonna happen? Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, exactly. I, you hate this, like you said. You want to see a guy get hurt, but in Jay Beagles, he comes in, they start fighting. He's, I would be afraid to let up if I'm in a fight. You let up for one second. You've been punched in the face a bunch. I haven't, but you could get one punched right there if you kind of let up or sure. or whatever. But, I mean, I can't really fault Beagle for what he did. I mean, he's just standing there fighting till it was over. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it didn't look good. And, you know, you could speak on this, but you get rid of Delore. Does that happen if he's on the team? Yeah, right. Delore, Manson. Timo Solani seemed to think uh, – <laughs> That wasn't a very good move, getting rid of him, and and kind of spoke out on Terry's uh, behalf. But yeah, having that presence, yeah, yeah. The, the importance of it. But yeah, you know, in that specific situation, I mean, I don't have a problem with any of it. And and the one argument that I've heard is, you know, I don't know how many punches Beagle landed up throwing, maybe eight or nine when it's all said and done. You know, the argument would be like, you know, maybe lay off punches six, seven, eight, nine. <laughs> but like, kind of to your point, I mean, I, I've been in several f- fights. Uh, I, I, I've won. Uh, I've lost. Once you're in the fight, you're in, you're in the fight till it's over. Because how many times have you seen when a guy lets up or you know it's kind of towards the end, someone sneaks a punch? So you never you're never out of it until it's fully over. So right. for you to be in a fight and, and say someone like, oh, just lay off the guy. Well, that's when usually when you let your your get guard hurt. down, you get tagged. Hey, um, hey. So I th- think Jay Beagle's mindset. He's in a fight and he's fighting until the fight's over. You know and Yes, did he know he probably tagged him a few times? Yeah, but the guy was still standing up. He was. You know, it he wasn't was. like he was ba- you know, banging him his head off the ice when he was on the ground. So, um, unfortunate. You know, you never want to see anybody get hurt, right. obviously. But when you go and engage a guy in a, in a, in a, in a in that situation, yeah. expect a fight. He, he dropped his gloves. He was in a fight. Right. Um, you know, it's just unfortunate for, where, for him. Where were the linesmen? We, we, we see the linesmen, not to shit on the linesmen, but we see them jumping in before guys are even fighting or grabbing guys with their gloves off and then a guy getting hit. Where are the linesmen there? I don't know if there's another fight going on because we were obviously just focused on that one. But, like, you see that guy, that's maybe when linesmen jump in when a guy's getting absolutely shit kicked. Yeah. In my opinion. Now, they may have been busy, but I've seen refs jump in too. Yeah. And they're not supposed to. But you see a kid getting hit like that if you're that worried about it. Take someone jump in there. But like you said, it's a fight. Yeah. And, and he didn't and again, he didn't go down. He wasn't getting beat down on right, the ice. Right. Like, you know, as far as the refs and linesmen are concerned, is he's still standing there. He's absorbing some guys, right. you know, find ways to defend punches and you know and, and come back in fights. Right. So maybe they never thought there was any immediate danger, you know. Right. Um so it's one of those things, you know, you know, you don't really know how bad it is until the guy's laying on the ice after, and then now yeah. it's like a hypothetical, like, well, shoulda, woulda, coulda. Um, but to me, I didn't have a problem with with, with it. Again, uh, to suggest laying off him halfway through is, is a tough one as a fighter because oh, yeah. as soon as you let your guard down and think that it's over – I mean, this guy gets his arm loose and then he tags you and then and then what? And then you're having a different conversation. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, you know, I hope that uh, that, that Terry's uh, doing better and yeah. you know and recovering well. I know in the, the interview I saw with Beagle too, he felt terrible. Right. I mean, from what I understand, he's a really awesome guy, yeah. and you know he's been around the game a long time. Yeah. He's taken his beatings too. Yeah. Uh, Ash back in the day, but that situation, I mean, is a hockey play. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately. Guy gets gets hurt, but um, just wanted to address that because yep. I feel like there's a lot of uh, you know conversation around that. And again, Delorier, yeah, I mean having a guy like that on your team, like what happens if he's in the lineup? Yeah, you know, I mean, I don't think it's the does same. Does that outcome. even happen? Does that even yeah? Does that even happen? You know. And then bleeding over the last little thing we wanted to talk about before we get into our ask us anything questions is uh, is Ryan Getzlaff, yeah. amazing amazing guy, amazing pro, and announced his retirement uh, yesterday. Yeah, 
thoughts on uh, old Gatsy? I just, I always enjoyed watching him play. Like, he plays the game the right way. Oh, yeah. He's, He's a hard-nosed, old-school, skilled, mm-hmm. mixes it up when he has to. He's the ultimate captain. Yeah. Real, I mean, really, like. You could tell by the support he had at his thing yesterday. There, he'll be missed. I, I was, you know, I he he said that his he could feel it in his body. So mm-hmm. I, I guess you know that's kind of when you know when you're a guy because he still kind of produces a little bit. Like yeah. he's not a he's still a good hockey player. Um, but he's been a he's been a so much fun to watch, man. I, I he's one of my favorite players in the league. Yeah, no, I agree, man. Uh, and I the luxury of watching this guy in junior hockey thrive and, yeah. and, you know, move on to the NHL and have an amazing career, big body, soft hands, does it all. Like you said, um, one of those like last few old school power forwards that are still floating around. Yeah. Incredible career. He's won at every yeah. level. Yeah. Um, um, wish him the best, man. I yeah. mean, he, to awesome. me, he's a, he's a future hall of famer. Yes. Um, uh, 100%. Ma- amazing leader. So, you know, it's always sad to see when you, a guy like that you've been watching for so many years retires. It. But, I mean, when your physical body, I think he's a year younger than I am, so he's, you know, th- 38, 39. Um, you know, 17 he, years he played. Yeah, man. it's incredible, right? It's crazy. Um, 17 seasons. And props to him. Yeah. For, uh, done some amazing things in the game. Uh, he's, a, he's a pro, right? I mean, yes. one of those guys that Ultimate you just, like, pro. see and just you know, exudes NHL hockey. Exactly. And, and yesterday I thought it was so cool on the, on the pigeon side of things, the equipment. He got emotional about his equipment and medical staff which i thought was like really cool yeah. of him to do yeah an absolute leader and obviously connected to all his people and yeah in anaheim and in the hockey world so wish him the best yes i'm sure he'll have uh, a highly successful post career yeah sure he'll find himself in the game somewhere yeah i'm sure i think we're ready to rock nast Let's episode 69 Let's do it. special episode ask us anything we wrote every question. <laughs> Kidding. From Thanks your account, for all the, everyone uh, uh, sending in all the questions too. We picked out a few, or we'd be here yeah, for a day. Exactly. Yeah, we got 20, 20 questions, and uh, this episode is brought to you by our good friends at Cureleaf, Cureleaf dot com. Nast. Yes. Medical marijuana dispensary. Grab some herbs, some capsules, tinctures, whatever floats your boat. Pain management, anxiety, sleep. Helps you with a little bit of everything, recovery, regeneration. Check them out, cureleaf.com. Let's go, Nast. Ask us anything. Here we go, 69. All right, Nast, starting with Instagram questions. Our good friend, Philadelphia Flyagram. Okay. This question's for you. All right. What's the coolest piece of memorabilia you've acquired over the years? Mm. I've been fortunate to pick up a lot of cool things. I've quite a few sticks and jersey sign but i'm gonna have to say uh my wayne gretzky stick game use stick yeah i would say probably that old um, easton or what was it, it the the shiny, east, the shiny yeah, yeah the shiny easton um Beauty. yeah i think that's probably my favorite thing i mean i have some jerseys you see the messier yeah, and the nice richie pieces. crosby sacking and i've got a bunch down in the cave there um they're all cool but like Standing there and have it, Wayne Gretzky signed the stick he used and handed it to me. Yeah, it's, that's it's pretty, pretty powerful, cool. right? Yeah, you got the Easton aluminum, Wayne yes. Gretzky original, man. And I, I know I always I hold it sometimes and and I just want to flex it, but I'm like, oh, yeah. it'll probably <laughs> yeah, snap because yeah. you can't. Flex I got that. that when he was playing with the Kings, um, and Talk was playing with him, so he uh, he gave it to me. But that's way back in like '96 or '97. So wow. no '95, sorry, '95. But yeah, I think I would have to say yeah, the way that's Gretzky a nice piece. Stick. Yeah, and uh, the way Gretter played, I'm not sure if you ever like bent into his sticks and flexed. Them. I'm the not way sure he, shot, he did. The way he shot and passed and the way that. Yeah. He wasn't exactly. No, uh, it's you know, sti- it's a stiff, stiff stick, stick right? really stiff. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, amazing piece. Yeah. All right, moving on. Jay at Toddy O two percentage that G signs back with the Flyers in the off season. Thoughts, Nast. Whoo. Um, I don't think it's a high number. I'm going to say under, or I'll say 10%. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, <laughs> but I'm kind of thinking, why would he yeah. at this point after the way everything's kind of went? Um, but who knows? But I, I don't think it's very likely and I could be totally wrong, but that's yeah. my opinion. Yeah. I feel you. I mean, if you want to throw a percentage on it, it's going to be low. It's yeah. going to be low five, 10%. I mean, 
hard to say. It's obviously dependent on how he does in Florida and um, probably a couple other variables, but I just don't see it right. um, personally. So for me, it's a low percentage, very low percentage, Jay. Moving on. Oh, this is a, this one's for you, Nast. At MJ1960USA, a guy named Mark Payne. How is Nasty so cool? What's his secret? Well, I mean, you know, it's a tough question to answer. Um, nah, just kidding around. <laughs> Thanks, Mark, for uh, reaching out. You're the man. Love him. He's an equipment manager. Oh, okay. So, I thought you submitted yeah. that question. No, I, I did not. I actually did not. <laughs> I wish so, I was cool. So what, so what is the secret? Uh, there, I, I don't know because I'm not cool. <laughs> well, you look cool. Yeah, well, right you now. Play, I mean, you, you, you play it off like you're cool. Yeah, exactly. You, you got the secret. You, you got, keep fooling them. Yeah, you keep, keep fooling them. Smoke and mirrors, Nass. You got yes. the secret. All right, Nass, moving on. Nick Cohn at underscore Nick underscore C underscore 88 on Instagram. A lot of rumors about G going to the Sens. Do you see the passing of Melnick affecting his decision either way? What are your thoughts, Nass? Well, I think a lot depends on what happens in Florida. Yeah. Um, Obviously, he's from Ottawa, the area, and I think with Melnick, they, they, he never really wanted to spend, like Baller was saying, uh, to the uh, the max. Um, they'll definitely have money, but do you, they're rebuilding. Yeah. Do you really – does G want to go to another team that's rebuilding? I mean, he's just left a team that, you know, I know they're saying an aggressive rebuild, but – Retool. Kind of retooling, rebuilding uh, here. I think the Flyers are – ahead of Ottawa I could be wrong I mean I don't get to watch Ottawa on a nightly basis but I don't think he signs there I could be wrong but I I think it depends mostly on what like say the Panthers win maybe he would because it's home you know um, but I guess, you know, that, that'll be determined. Yeah. Later. You know, the old saying is the home is where the heart is. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe he's just like at that point of his career mentally, right. that he'd rather be close to home and, and be a part of a, a rebuild and just yeah. be a leader. And again, his wife's from there and his family's all there. True. Obviously a huge, uh, attractive component for anybody to, to right. go to play in and around your home, your hometown. But outside of that. Like you said, Nast, if G wins a cup in Florida, I think uh, everything changes, and this seems to be more fitting. And like you said, Melnick, not, with him passing, opening up more salary for larger contracts, um, more players and whatnot. So it could be fitting, but it's all dependent on how this thing shakes yeah, out in I Florida agree. for him. Yeah. Moving on, Anthony, A underscore V-A-R-R-A-S-S-O, 216. What under-the-radar move do you see the Flyers making this offseason? Under-the-radar move? Uh, well, I mean, you lost G. If he doesn't come back, I mean, I don't know if it's under the radar, but yeah. you've <laughs> got to get a top-end player. 100%. Um, it's definitely no secret. I don't know if that's an under-the-radar move. I mean, I guess if you could pull something off that no one thinks you could pull off, I mean, that's under the radar, I guess. But uh, to me, it's like, Johnny Gaudreau, yeah, you know, uh, whatever, you know, anything like that. I mean, obviously, you need to add scoring, and not to get off the subject, but we don't know where Ellis stands. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, under the radar, I'm not sure if there's really an under the radar move that needs to be made. There needs to be moves made. Yeah, um, but hundred percent. Yeah, I feel yeah. Echo echoing what you're saying there. You have to replace a highly skilled forward. And maybe somehow squeezing in too in a, in a right. perfect world, right? I think, uh, and to your point on Ellis, we're not sure how durable he's going to be. He was signed as a number one defenseman. Yeah. So maybe the under-radar move is seeking another one defenseman. Right. Um, which aren't that easy to come by. No, but, um, people aren't just trying to give those away. No, absolutely not. So, you know, knowing his history with injuries in this past season, I mean, they, they have to be thinking about that because you can't go through another season right. depending on him if he's not going to be able to produce and, and right. actually play um, and be healthy. So we'll see. I think goaltending, I think they're, they're they fine okay there. They're, they're not going to be – I don't staying. think Jones will be back. I could be wrong. I yeah. mean, not Jones is – been fine yeah I, I don't know what they what their plans are there but, but that's like not a you know yeah, a significant a, move looking for a number one you've got a number one stuff goal. like that exactly so yeah definitely replacing g and and, and some yeah um 
you know they got they got toughness. I would like to think that they're going to resign a McEwen, yeah. um, so they got that. But um, yeah, definitely a highly skilled forward, and I think definitely definitely having the conversation around a number one defenseman. Yes. Moving on, Steve Russo at S Russo fifty three. How on earth did you get such an incredible podcast name? It's all you, Nast, right? I don't think so. Was it Steve? Was it Steve? <laughs> it was Steve. It may have been Steve, my I good think buddy. Our, our extremely genius minds came together. And, yeah, I mean, it came up with this masterful piece. Yeah, name naming. It just worked. It did work. <laughs> nasty knuckles. Yeah. And then here we are. I'm nasty. Sixty nine. You were knuckles. Episodes later. That's right. Beautiful thing. <laughs> Nick Schultz, not the Nick Schultz that played in the orange and black. His long-lost cousin at AAZ. What are your thoughts on roller hockey? Oh, man. The guys are highly skilled. Oh, my God. They're like our, our good buddy, ever? Anthony Merrigan, man, and uh, Matty Denton, who yeah. we play with, who is known as the GOAT to all the young roller uh, hockey players. These guys are skilled, man, and my they God. can just motor. I actually enjoy watching. I want to play. I, I skate with my son and go do it, but I haven't played in the league in like 15 years. Not nearly as good as those guys, by the way, but it's so much fun, and those guys are skilled, man. 100% skilled, and I have a new appreciation for roller hockey since watching Anthony American and yeah. some of these videos he posts on his Roller Dad Instagram account. Man, can they move like la God, lateral crossovers to the middle of the ice? They almost stop? look more smooth than ice hockey. Players. I know. How do you stop? And they they stop. They stop on a dime. on their wheels. I'm like, how in the? I would break my ankles right in half trying to stop. It's incredible. And I played two seasons back in the day when I was 14 and 15 years old, and I never could get into the stopping. It was always like battleship turns. And oh like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like just like I was a brutal skater as it was. You know, it wasn't overly pretty on the ice, but or on the floor. But to see these guys, like they're they're high level. Yes. And the skill, the skill level. Uh, moving around on rollerblades. It's fun incredible. to watch, it is, man. It is. I agree. It's, man, it's uh, so the answer to your question, highly impressive. I mean, Very. it's uh, it's it's, yes. it's definitely uh, fun to watch. At Big Shawnee, Riley, how have you been holding up? You've got to post more on social. What are your main ones you use? So, um, holding up well, uh, doing really well in my, in, in my personal life, uh, health, physical health, mental health, uh, been optimized, feel better than I ever have. Um, I mean, we talk about this all the time. And then on so I am on social media. I, I, sh I should post more. I probably need to post more. It's always this battle of how much more can I be on these technologies, phone, computer. Um, but uh, Instagram mainly, uh, do some Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, and, and, uh, and a little bit of Facebook. But, uh, yeah, find me on those platforms. And... Uh, any other thoughts on that, Nest? No, that's that's where you are. That's where I'm at. Yeah, man, that's where you are. Yeah, you sure. <laughs> yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. All right, moving <laughs> on. Gabe at G A B A R I thirty three. I want to know if Riley was talking in French to his French teammates back in the day. <laughs> never once. Yeah, never. <laughs> Did heard you catch you me speaking no, French, Nest? I, I heard you. Some franglais. I remember. Uh, I think we talked about this the one time. Maybe it was with Gags, but. Uh, I remember Danny B and Gags were in the room talking in French, and you and Randy Jones, right. the most common name you could ever have, <laughs> Randy Jones. I called him Randall. But uh, he spoke French. Mm -hmm. No one knew because he played in the queue. He right. learned it. Your dad's French. Yeah. So you heard, you know, you. I get, did he speak in French at home or your dad? Well, my, my father spoke French to his, to my grandparents, his okay. parents, okay. and they were extremely French. Okay. And I went to a French immersion school, but in, in the home, we never spoke French. Right. Um, so it was funny because those two were talking, and I think you answered one of their questions, or Jonesy did, and they both turned around and were like, I'm like, were they saying something bad? Did you guys start laughing? No, no, no. They were just talking hockey, but it was funny. But, you know, I never heard you speak uh, French. Yeah, I, I actually remember remember that moment. And, well, obviously, Cote, even though we say it in yes. an English way, it's a, it's a French name. Right. So I think they, as French guys, they were aware of that. But Randy Jones but was Randy definitely, Jones. definitely laying in the weeds <laughs> Jonesy, with yeah. that one. But I remember that. So yeah, funny. for sure. Called call them out on their shit. Yeah. Speak French around us. I know. You know what's funny? Uh, real quick. It's like uh, G and Coots, obviously, are French. Like maybe on the bench for a like something real quick to say yeah. they speak they never spoke French like they always speak English yeah. in the room you know like and I thought that was funny I mean I'm sure like maybe they do it 
they're by themselves, by themselves. somewhere. But you know, they both. Well, Coots. Well, his name gives away he's French, but he was born. He's a U.S. He was born in the U.S. Right. I always give him shit. Like, yeah. why aren't you playing for America, <laughs> USA? But um, yeah, he, they both speak really good English, and and they speak obviously French as well. But kind of made me laugh. Like, because they would always speak English. I yeah. just thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, but I think it was like a respect thing too, right? Yeah. I think we talked about yeah. that in the, in the locker room. It's like yeah. you, you had to be starting to get clicky if if different groups of people were speaking different languages, and then you have like you right. know all the English guys not understanding what's going on because exactly. you know it's kind of somewhat disrespectful, but but also honoring their language and you know what i mean is you, you can't be holding it over them uh, yeah. too much but like right. you know i think certain situations to your point when you're in that team environment i think you're speaking english because then everyone's kind of like understanding what we're actually right. communicating versus having these little isolated conversations in a different language and no one else is understanding what's going on but um seen that with different cultures too you know the Finns right. and, and the russians and stuff like that if, if you find a couple of these guys together on their own, they'll definitely speak yes. their language, but you know, in the group setting, they're usually usually uh, speaking English. And moving on here, we got Alec McCloskey. What position do the Flyers need to address most in this year's draft? What would your picks be? Um, I'm under the I. To me, I would always in any sport, I say take the best available player. That's 100%. just that's just me. Yeah. I mean, I that, you know. I don't know what the Flyers are gunning for. I don't even know where our picks are, but I would take the best player available. Yeah, and and I feel the same way. I think you know going into these drafts, generally they have an idea of you know a position that yeah. they want to go after. But I agree. I think going back to maybe two questions ago of like what we need to address with the Flyers, anyways, is yeah, is is, is more skill. You know, finding that that, yes. that that franchise goal scorer, if you will, right. And and hopefully you're drafting a number one defenseman, you know, one yes. of those two. But whoever's available, I think they're you know right now they're, I think their pick is five. However that lines okay. up playing out, um, by the time draft day comes is 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 to be seen. But hmm. whoever is available, right? I mean, right. whoever the best player is available, I think he, I mean, to to jump over a better player to right. find, you know, and especially where they are as a in a, in a rebuild. Yes. I think yes. you got to go with the best. There's no question. Not overly complicated. No, I don't think so. <laughs> but, I mean, understanding philosophy going into some of these drafts and right. hearing some of these conversations, they have their eyes set on a certain specific uh, position. But I think right now it's like, man. Like you just got to take you the gotta best get, player you Grab available. the best guy. Moving on. At USMC underscore Gunny McNeil. This is for you, Nast. Who had the weirdest gear set up in Flyers history? Weirdest gear setup. Um, Which is kind of a tough yeah, question since you yeah. are the one setting up I the was, gear. Uh, but. Hey, hey, Mac, they didn't touch their gear. I, I did. Uh, <laughs> I was the pigeon uh, moving it and hanging it and everything. Um, but weird gear. The only thing I could think of instead of saying the weirdest gear was like Claude Giroux used to give me the most anxiety because he gets dressed with about a minute and a half, two minutes before warm-ups is starting. Mm-hmm. And I know that's not really a gear setup, but that I, I couldn't believe it. I've never seen a guy get dressed that quick. And after every period, he gets totally undressed again. Yeah, and I, I know. I remember. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mike Richards did the same. the same thing. Yeah. Richie did the same, but G, <laughs> G literally gets dressed in a minute. Like, I mean, head to toe. He yeah. has nothing on. I know. Um, so I know, not sure what Mac meant by uh, weirdest gear setup, but I'm going to go with that. G just driving me nuts like getting dressed late and then how about like um a guy like jimmy dowd you know he had his all his you know even though you set up the locker room and you set up the individual stalls guys would come in and they would kind of reshape jimmy was, their yeah junkyard junkyard we junkyard, talked about it before yeah he used to have everything folded up nice and neat his little the worst shorts you've ever seen those sophie <laughs> those short shorts, shorts all the right? short shorts jimmy put some short dude come on man <laughs> Way too much being seen right now with these shorts you're wearing, bro. And the socks, you know. Oh, yeah. Hey, we need you got any more of these shorts? I'm like, you can't find them anywhere. I might have a couple pair next day. He's got six pair. He's just been hoarding them. Oh yeah, <laughs> just hoarding them from every team he'd been on. But uh, yeah, Jimmy was uh, very particular. He, I didn't even have to touch his stall. The way I hung it when he got there, it was 
back that way uh, after practice. So he, he was one of those guys that never even had to look at his locker. So and he didn't wear a visor, so I didn't have to clean it. Right, a little so, OCD there. Yeah, uh, he, yeah, big time. What a beauty. Yeah. All right, moving on. Pete Leger at Cost Co-Pete. Would Rick Tockett be a good fit as the Flyers' next head coach? And should they keep Mike Yo on as an assistant or some other role in the organization? Thoughts? Uh, I think Rick Tockett would be a good coach anywhere. That's just my opinion. Um, I think he's a great coach. Uh, I thought he did a lot of good things in Arizona with not a great lineup. He, you know, they just just missed the playoffs when he was there, which is saying a lot with the with the line. I mean, you've, you know, you're not putting anyone down, but you you look at their team. Um, as far as Josie goes, the guys love him, but I believe uh, Baller we were talking earlier had said that uh, Dave Scott basically said that they were bringing in a new coach. Um, I know the guys do like Josie. Um, He's a kind of a player's coach, mm-hmm. uh, and I think they've played hard for him. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I'm not sure, you know, like, you know, I know he's really tight with Chuck, so maybe Chuck doesn't want to do that. Maybe he does. I don't know. Um, but I don't know if Talk's the answer. I don't even know if Talk wants to coach the Flyers, but um, I think Yosi's done what he could do. Yeah. I just don't know if they're going to make a move there. What do you think? Yeah, it's interesting. Generally, when, you know, if you speculate there's going to be a new head coach, generally the assistant coaches don't come back to become assistant coaches. Um, However, he does have a good relationship with Chuck. He's respected. To me, I don't know him um, personally, but he seems to be a great Great guy guy. and a team player. Maybe he's a guy that, you know, in a unique situation that actually could step back and be okay with that, you know, put his ego aside and let the yeah. new head coach come in. Very unlikely. doesn't happen that often. Um, but is Rick Tockett a good fit for the Flyers head coach? I mean, I, I think he's a great fit. I think there's a few other guys that we've talked about in the past yeah. that are great fits as well. I mean, the way the, way the Flyers culture has gone these last few years, we talked about this, you know, becoming so corporate and almost losing the essence of, you know, the, 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 the core – culture of the flyers you've lost so many season ticket holders so many season ticket holders bring a guy like rick tockett back sooner or later they gotta wake up here and could could be a a, a nice catalyst to maybe helping bring back the essence of the flyers because he is a he is he's a flyer he's a flyer i mean i I know he played other places but i mean he just exudes flyers blue collar hard-working guy um i you know to me, I would love to see talk here. But, yeah, you know, and like you said, there are probably some other options that are you know different. But uh, you know, I remember people saying, well, "Got to get rid of like the flyer people." Well, we did. Yeah, mm. yeah, hasn't been the greatest, um, and it's not always on the coaches either. And I'm well, trying to say, not trying exactly to say it. that at all. Yeah, um, but uh, Rick Tockett was here. He knows what Mr. Snyder used to bring in the family atmosphere that there was. I mean, he is a good candidate. 100%. Um, and we've heard the argument before. Is like he's had such an incredible career as a flyer in Philly. Does he want to come back as a coach? And you know, you know the shelf life of coaches anyways. You're going right. to get fired. Yeah. I mean, it's inevitable, right? Right. You get hired to get fired. So you know, do you go back and, and, and risk the your you know the, everything you've created in philly right to, to be overshadowed by well it could be greatness or it, yeah, could, it could be a failure yeah. you know you never yeah, know right exactly. however it turns out but i guess we'll see i mean as rick talkett as, as a person a character guy a player's coach obviously tough old school he's a mixture of new school old school yeah um he's got all the all the boxes checked in my opinion yes um it's just a matter of do you, do you want to go back to a Flyers guy or, you, you know, do you yes. go to more of a or John Tortorella type <laughs> right. of guy or, yeah. um, you know, as we've talked about before, you know, shake, really shake things up. And um, again, shelf life of coaches, what do you got? Like two, three years? Usually. You know, maybe. Something um, like that. But um, the question was, is he a good fit? Absolutely. Yeah. Of all the coaches you could pick from, is he the guy? He's definitely top three. In He's got to be. Definitely yeah. top three in my Being in, in my talks for sure. Right? For sure, yeah, exactly. So we'll see. Time will tell. Yep. Moving on. Last question from Instagram here. Bruce Rayburn at Rayburn. Any chance on getting Ben Wilson on your show? Oh, 
I'd love to get Big Ben. I would ben. love to get him Heard on. some great stories from my dad about Ben. Yeah. He was a scary human. Yeah. Scary oh, yeah. human yeah. being. Ultra tough. We'll, we'll yeah. definitely get him on. Yeah. Uh, maybe we tailor that towards Flyers Alumni Golf Tournament when these guys come into town. Otherwise, it's going to have to be a, yeah. a, a Zoom call. Obviously, in-persons are way better. But yeah. uh, we'd love to get Ben on. He's been on uh, our list of guys. And yeah. we're going to continue to try and get everyone we've talked about getting. But uh, certainly, Bruce, we're going we're gonna to aim to get Ben on. Yes. And then moving on to Twitter. Twitter. Johnny Utah. Give me two. Give me two. Utah. Give me two. Utah. At Johnny two. Utah, L.A. This is for Riley. Hardest puncher. Also, what... Also, what enforcers has he fought that he is closest to to this day? So, hardest puncher. Been tagged by a few... <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not fun. sure the hardest puncher That's was at George Peros, but he probably dropped me the hardest. Um, uppercut bomb. Broke his hand it. on your head, though. <laughs> yeah. Remember? Oh, that, that was Matt Carkner, wasn't it? No, we were in Vegas and Peros had the, we were at that, oh, that's at right. the pool and yeah, you were like, oh, yeah. what happened to your hand? He goes, huh, actually did that on your head. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I forgot. I was thinking about yeah. Matt Carkner. Yeah, Matt yeah. Carkner broke his hand on my forehead too. Um, but yeah, between, you know, getting tagged on the, and, and that specific punch, which was a, 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 a uppercut bomb to the jaw. Uh, <laughs> we got I got to throw Colton Orr in there. Oh, um, yeah, he, you know, Brash gave it to me one night pretty good. Not saying that he was the hardest puncher, um, but, you know, Colton Orr, I would say probably is up there as one of the hardest punchers. Um, uh, you know, Goddard definitely could oh, could, could, could throw some yeah, heat. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, I mean, the list goes on. I'm like, you know, those like pick your poison with those guys. Fight, yeah, Steve McIntyre so and man. Wade Belak and those guys. So, um, then as far as uh, the closest guys that I became, well, closest with after I'd fought them, um, Oh, a guy like Cam Jansen. Yeah. You know, fought him a bunch in the minors a couple times He in doesn't NHL. like talking. Cam doesn't like talking you about it, though. <laughs> no, yeah, he don't like talking Speaking about it. Speaking of him, we got to get him we on We got to get Janny on. This He's guy. a beauty. Oh, my God. Yeah, Janny, even a guy like Brian McGratton. Uh, yeah. I created a relationship with him uh, after the fact. Well, Aaron Asham. Ash, fought, fought a couple twice, times there yeah. in New Jersey. Blended up playing with him. Um, there was a couple others that we'd, we'd mentioned, but, uh, those two that come to mind for sure. Um, but you know, peaceful with all of them, you got no, right. no beef with any of these guys, just strictly business, obviously, yep. you know, um, all good guys in the same situation I was in, just trying to earn a paycheck and, yep. you know, live their childhood dream and all that good stuff, but all quality guys, um, character guys yes. and, and love them all. So for much sure. respect. Thanks for the question, Johnny Utah. Give me two. Moving on. Massimo Shiano at Moscoli One. What was cooler and asked, working the 2010 Olympics or the 2010 Stanley Cup Finals? Wow. That was my best year in hockey uh, <laughs> yeah, right. ever. We did the outdoor game. That's right. Oh, yeah, right. We, we did Boston. That was the second one I ever played. Mm -hmm. we, we did lose. I Actually, I was 0 for 3 in all these. Uh, the Olympics, yeah, I can't even put into words. It was the coolest thing I've ever done. Um, you know, you get there and you're like, okay, you're in the Olympic Village, but you're not really. You get to the arena and you see the rings, and, and you're just like, oh. Right, and I mean, I'm not playing, yeah, but still. I'm still there, part of it. Coolest thing I've ever done. Yeah, to, like it was just the coolest thing yeah. I've ever done. But being in the Stanley Cup Finals was just, I mean, almost as good. But I would have to say the Olympics was a little better. If we would have won the Stanley Cup, right? I would I would say Stanley Cup was better, but we obviously lost both. Lost the gold medal game, Sydney. What did you guys call it? The Golden Goal or whatever. Thanks a lot, Sid. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the Olympics was was unbelievable, and being in the finals was the coolest thing. And you just yeah, you want to get back there, you know, like so bad. But uh, thanks for the question. I, I I would say the Olympics probably. Yeah, it's got to be uh, an amazing experience and opportunity yeah, but it's a awesome. little different environment you know right obviously going to the olympics then versus like you know, you the whole season 82 games right you know in philly and playing away games i mean it's hard to say one's better yeah, for sure like yeah, it's, i, for I sure. hate even saying that but it just but the olympics are the olympics and once in a lifetime thing probably right. probably will never get to do that again so it was just it was the coolest thing right on next up we have Giant, quote-unquote, Apples Mastrangelo at Grapples96. Would love to hear 
who you think will wear the C next year? Hmm. I think it's going to be Sean Couture. Agreed. Agreed. That's, that's my feeling. Yeah. I don't know that, but that's my guess. I feel the same way. I think you could throw maybe three names in the pot. Coots, Lots, and probably Proby. You yeah. know, um, I love Lots. I would actually, I would love to see Lots, honestly. Right. I just don't think it's going to be Lots. I think it's going to be Coots. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree I with agree. that. All right. Jeff McKay at Jeff McKay 10. Who's the top 10 toughest Riley has dropped the gloves with? Well, it's hard to say because there's so many tough guys. Yeah. Nasty, you've seen them. You've seen these, a lot of these guys come through the minor leagues and into the NHL. But, I mean, i got to go with, you know, the, the, the absolute toughest guys that have roamed around the league, yeah. at, at least at that time, for some time. Um, George LaRock. Yes. Donald Rashear, Brian McGratton. Uh, throw Eric Goddard in there. Yeah. Colton Orr. That's five, but you can certainly tack on, you know, Wade Belak. Jeez, um, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. There's, well, so, there's so many. There's so, there many, so many of them. Guys, man. Um, but Jody. yeah, Jody Shelley. Yeah, geez, Jody but, Shelley. But uh, I think those like higher end, super heavyweight guys, like I mentioned, the Jordan mm-hmm. Rocks, the, the Don Brashear. Those, those are tough guys yeah. to beat, let alone yeah. fight. Um, and then you know Brian McGratton landed up working himself up there as, as one of the toughest too. Yeah. That. You know, I had a fight with him in the back in the minor leagues to see him go up to be, you know, ultra heavyweight guy too. But yeah, there's, and then there's and there's so many guys that I missed there that I, you know that I that I didn't mention. Even guys that beat right. me up, like you know yeah. George Peros, you know that we mentioned earlier. Um, you know, there's there's definitely a, a long list of extremely tough guys there. So, not uh, downplaying any of these other guys, but those guys definitely come to mind. Yes. And then last question here, a YouTube question from Thris Kudor. Has Riley talked to Andre Waugh after the infamous fight, and would you invite him onto the podcast? If he doesn't snap, yeah, because <laughs> I would be in the middle here. No, man, I think the I don't. Th- he was obviously pissed off. You beat him, like you caught him. But I think what really pissed him off was the scoreboard, the, the jumbo. They yeah. showed that fifty times, hundred percent. And I think that's what got him. I agree. Really wound up, which I mean. It was, it was a great knockout. Yeah. And you're in Philadelphia. Like, they did keep sh- Oh, yeah, yeah, no, for sure. The, the whole game. And that's when he started <laughs> losing his mind. Yeah, he definitely that definitely put him over the edge. Yeah. No question. And it I was mean, in the third period, too. Right. So it, right. And there was a TV timeout, I believe. And they just kept playing and kept it. And playing it. it. And you could see him over there. And he's like, wants to be I cut, think Baller. cut the throat. Yeah, he's yeah, doing he's that. Like, Baller posted it, I think. And he was losing. I mean, I remember. I remember just staring there, watching him. And I'm like, this guy's going to, like, he's going to do something dumb, dumb stuff, and real then dumb. torts is choked him out i'm like torts, from behind you might want to not do that yeah i know right? but you know what I, I mean i think that was after he actually hopped on the ice and, and thought he was like coming out for a shift and he was like yeah. came over to the bench and it was like t- yes. talking to me and That's then i think right. he sat back down and the torts landed up choking him down sitting him down that was actually the last game he played for the, the was lightning it? yeah I didn't they, know yeah, that. they actually sent him home from that trip Oh. And then never played a game the rest of that season because it was towards the end of the season. Right. And then he lined up signing with uh, Calgary in the yeah, offseason. Right. But um, so to answer your question, um, I have not talked to him, no. Uh, I've never seen him. I think he's up in Canada doing uh, TV and radio with RDS. Um, would we invite him onto a podcast? Absolutely. I got yeah. no beef. I 100%, mean, it was, <laughs> yeah. That was just business. Again, between, you know, I fought him twice that game. Uh, I don't think he was overly thrilled with having that second fight and then throwing throwing it on the Jumbotron 20 times in a row in Philly. Um, <laughs> yeah. Put him over the edge. So it's just edge. business. But, you know. Again, this guy was a tough guy. Yes. He had, uh, how many you know years in the NHL before that? Won a yep. Stanley Cup, fought every tough guy. Um, I got lucky, right? I mean, it, it landed a lucky punch, well, put, you it, put him it, down. It goes back to, like, letting up. Enough. I mean, you know, you got him with that one punch, man. Yeah. Like, So, I mean – is that does that highlight my, my my career? I mean, no. I mean, it's one. It's just one good fight. Yeah. And you know, I don't want to take any away any away from Andre because he's a tough dude. If you fought Very that guy tough, twenty man. times, that yeah. that would have happened that one time probably. Right. You know what I mean? I, I got lucky. So much respect to Andre Wah. I mean, he's a warrior. Man, he fought all the toughest oh, guys man. and, and he did. not just fight him. Did well against them. Yeah. Legit heavyweight. So. Respect, props to Andre Waugh for everything he's doing now and, and the way he played the game. Got a Stanley Cup and T-Bay too there. Yeah, so that's right. 
um nothing but respect and love and that's a wrap for ask us anything yeah man what are you you feeling sorry the ones we missed there were so many but thank you guys for uh sending them that was awesome absolutely yeah man some really good questions i think we gotta do this again i think mark paynes was my favorite mark Payne, you're a pretty cool cat not a big deal not a big deal (laughs) right on well that's a wrap that's a wrap bro episode 69 ask us anything a little special episode a little change up curveball we'll be back at it with guests next week to be determined got a couple lined up yep trying to figure out the schedule here of recording so stay tuned Check us out next week for episode 70, Nas. Yes, 70. Jeez. Incredible, actually. It Hard is. to believe. We Until should have then, a party. We should. Why not? <laughs> Debo's you, having You can it. throw your mink coat on. I will do that. I will do that. Yellow Friday. shades. Friday. There you go, Friday. Let's do it. All right. All right. Until then, stay safe, knuckleheads. See you, knuckleheads. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.